0: The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision.
1: Good day and welcome in Rob Black and your buddy. Talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Big day for Apple. But what's their future look like? Apple's still working on new ideas, even as they get set to release ideas they've been working on for years. Apple's testing whether an Apple Watch can detect cardiac abnormalities. The company is working on the test with partners, including Stanford and telemedicine company American Well. Uh, if successful, the move could turn the watch into a must-have for millions of patients and millions of people around the world. Millions and millions. The company is partnering up with Stanford and a telemedicine vendor, so Apple's heart rate sensor can it detect abnormal heart rhythms in a cohort of patients Uh, that's a big question arrhythmias abnormal heart rhythms Um, they're not always problematic but in some people what's known as atrial fibrillation can show no external symptoms and you're walking around with a risk of blood clots strokes and other complications so when will this become a medical device certainly not today but it could be the medical health activity of what Apple can get into could become the largest or second largest component of the economy, the medical device activity kind of thing. Um, one of the problems that Apple's had in the past is getting the watch to kind of work with biosensors on you know different skin colors, so you know it could figure out if you're having blood sugar problems, but if you've got darker skin, maybe not so much, and that would be a problem. So, a lot of people think Apple's going to rally from here. I think that's one of the big stories of the day. Uh, More and more people seem to think Apple is about to do a 180, not in terms of the company's product unveiling, but Apple's expected to show off the newest, most expensive phone, and what will happen with its stock price? Uh, There's a lot of support right around 155. There's upside to 180. Um, One analyst today is putting a brand-new price target of 253 on Apple. And that's the best-case scenario, according to him. So so if it goes from 180 from where it is now, that's about an 11% rise. So the stock is paced well ahead of the S&P 500 this year. A lot of analysts have that 180, but like I said, there's one today who upped his target all the way up to... 253 in a best-case scenario. So Apple is all over the news today. Can you run away from it? Probably not. Um, and I, I think that's you know where we need to go with this. So Wall Street has a lot of expectations on the Apple Watch. Um, Apple has a lot of cash, so what will they do? Who will the component players be that get kind of like the halo effect i'll talk about that today on my cron 4 segment some of the, the other winners so to speak in that world apple's showing off its new campus today for the first time to outsiders um press and other vips are attending apple's new iphone announcements it's gonna be held in the steve jobs theater it's beautiful it's glass it looks like a spaceship uh, the campus referred to as the Ring by Apple employees was designed by Jonathan Ivey, the same Apple executive credited in designing Apple's best-known products. He's, you know, included unique details throughout the building, such as a four-story glass door and custom door handles. A lot of people think that's a bit too much, um, that it's the sign of egregiousness when it's like Rome. What, what can we do to actually entertain people? Let's go kill some people. You know, let's feed them to lions. Uh, Maybe that was taking things a little bit too far. Anyhow, it's that time. What time is it? When you are a man, sometimes you wear stretch. That's right, the WWE Monday Night Raw ticket giveaway. Winner receives four tickets to WWE Monday Night Raw. Monday, September 18th at 4.30. 4.30. Get their early party all day with Cape Crusaders in masked outfits as they wrestle each other, sweaty bodies, to pet each other, to get to a count of three and attain the ultimate glory. The WWE flagship Monday Night Raw broadcast from San Jose's SAP Center. we got tickets for four. This is your chance to see your favorite Raw WWE superstars live in action. Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, Bailey Broad, Stoneman, Sasha Banks, Finn Baylor, Samoa Joe. Who doesn't love Samoa Joe? <laughs> He's better than his brother, Sloppy Joe. His brother who always perks me up, Cup of Joe. The Hardy Boys, Cesaro, Sheamus, and many, many more Raw superstars. Tickets start at 20 buckaroos. They're available at Ticketmaster.com, Ticketmaster.com. Or you can call the SAP box office, 800-745-3000. That's 800-745-3000. Your chance to win WWE Raw tickets right now. Family of four-pack, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Don't win the tickets unless you can go. Be cool. Leave them for someone else if you don't want them. Or you can't go, you can find me online at com. It's roblackshow.com. Give me a call. 800-516-1220 to win those tickets right here, right now. Right now, ladies and gentlemen. Right now. So markets are doing great. Um, Putting in a very good year. Your 401k should be near an all-time high. Otherwise, you're doing something wrong. And that may be your sign. There's your sign that you should be doing something ever so slightly different. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. The stock market's in the eye of the hurricane. Not really, but kind of. Steve Mnuchin is all over media today, talking about things like backdating tax cuts to January 1st would be a boon for the economy. Um, On top of it, saying that Janet uh, Yellen should be considered for staying on another term. Her term ends in February. It appears that she's doing a little bit of uh, talk about it as well. Uh, um, but Harvey and Irma are going to be short-term negative for the economy, but pledges more aid, so says Steve Mnuchin. Um, and I think that's really all he said today. He defended Trump after a deal with the Democrats, saying the president is absolutely Republican. And I think That's what we got. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Um, So, yeah, the worst-case scenario didn't hit the stock market uh, with insurance losses. Um, Equifax is in the news. They're lobbied for more lax regulations ahead of the massive data breach. Um, Deregulation can be bad when you make it easier to do your job, but you're also not protecting the consumers. So Equifax in lots of trouble. There's hundreds, not hundreds, but there's hundreds of thousands of people signed up on uh, tens and tens of uh, lawsuits against them. But Equifax was lobbying lawmakers and federal agencies to ease up on regulation of credit reporting companies the months before its massive data breach. Equifax spent at least $500,000 on lobbying Congress and federal regulators in the first half of the year. Uh, amongst the issues of which it lobbied was limited to legal liability of credit reporting companies. Whoopsie. Now 143 million Americans are upset at you. And you're going to spend millions and millions and millions trying to make it right. So I'm Rob Black talking to all things financial, money, investing, and more. Michael from Santa Clara won the big tickets for wrestling. I'm Rob Black talking to all things financial, money, investing, and more.
0: Catch Rob Black and
1: Rob Black and your money live on the Bay Area airwaves, weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay
2: at 7.
1: I'm Rob Black talking money investing in more. I do this show really, really honestly dedicated to getting you to retirement. And at times I don't feel bad for you when you don't get to retirement i know you're saying you're cruel you've got money and i don't well also i choose not to go to a lot of things that i could Uh, um a friend of mine went to a a wear white all white um rave and i'm like how much was that and everyone's wearing white and it's like oh aren't we cool and aren't we young we're all wearing white (laughs) i've got black thoughts you're just like hundreds of dollars Americans spend $56 billion a year on sporting events sports lovers coughed up $33 billion for athletic equipment $19 billion for gym memberships over the past years the average cost of a family of four going to an NFL game is more than $500 in the Bay Area it's going to be more like $1,000 $1,500 older adults and lower income Americans are less likely to go to sporting events um, I'm not saying that I think older adults are smarter, because I don't. Uh, them and their Prop 13, oh, why I ought to. the moon. But it's expensive going to a sporting event. And 34% of Americans go to a sporting event, sporting event. 29% buy athletic equipment. 23% have gym membership fees. Even though in theory you could run on the road or go to a track and work out there. Uh, with stairs, um, sports-themed video games, 12% of Americans have. Uh, fantasy sport leagues, 4% of Americans spend $2.3 billion on fantasy sports. Anyhow, and anyway, this is why you're not going to get to retirement. Now talking about retirement, let's bring in CFP, Chad Burton. Mr. Burton. Joining me now, CFP, Chad Burton with NewFocusFinancial.com. That's NewFocusFinancial.com. Chad specializes in retirement issues, financial planning issues, and um, These are issues that are kind of intense, expense planning for retirement income. What's the best way to go out trying to figure out cash flow projections and taxes and insurance and inflation? All things that are almost like dirty words Mm -hmm. to people who want to live and just in the moment and not necessarily think about these big issues coming down the road.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's a whole webinar on the website, New Focus Financial, that you can watch from your own home and... I go through the cost of retirement, all the all the ways that you have to calculate. I mean, first the first thing is it's not rocket science. It's called sitting down with a spreadsheet and tracking your expenses for a while to get a clear idea of what you spend on utilities and all the things to keep the lights on. But then focusing on what you want retirement to be like, what's going to get you out of bed, okay. keep you motivated, what your routine is, the gym, the golf course, tennis, whatever it is, and find out what all those costs are. Realize that your travel costs are probably going to increase. Realize that you might be helping kids and grandkids more and putting that all into play. And then saying, okay, here's my income need. Here's my accounts that I own, my IRAs that haven't been taxed, my low-cost basis stock, my high-cost basis stock. What's your individual taxes? I mean, it takes some hard work to really dial it down to make sure the final, you know, what you, do you really have enough to retire? In your 20s and 30s, you're saving 10 to 15% of pay, knowing that you'll probably be okay if you do that. But before you pull the trigger and retire, you got to know, am I really on track? Now, we got on the website, there's also the how long will it last PDF that you can download. Okay. That shows you, it says, okay, it's, it assumes that every year you draw more, 3% more for inflation. And you can clearly look and say, if I'm earning 6% on my money and I'm pulling out 6% a year, it'll tell you how long your money's going to last. And so you can at least get a basic idea once you've sat down and done your expenses and your tax calculations and your healthcare costs. I really don't think most people, and I'll
1: give you an example in my life. um, I don't think most people have the ability to do that, Chad. Um, Family member. Or the time. Or the time. Or the getting it close. Mm -hmm. Um, I've got a family member who just inherited some money. New car's already been bought for $60,000. Yep. Um, On top of that, new new Mac for a 70-year-old-plus woman who probably doesn't need all the computing power of a new mac um and yet some of these expenditures are starting to add up fast right right. so um what do we need to know when we do inherit some chunk of change or just have any
2: kind of a windfall windfall um don't do anything for a long period of time because it can take some counseling some people rob have a mental block and feel like they should be broke no matter what their situation is you know i when i was really really young in the business, i had a I had a neighbor that got seven hundred thousand dollars from a fenfen case, and fenfen yeah. medication, yeah, diet yeah.
1: medication that caused heart problems.
2: You know, and I tried to get him, get her to invest over and over, and all of a sudden, new cars, kids had new cars, the house oh. was being remodeled. They bought another house. She let her son move in rent free to this house. He's having parties, destroying it, and sure enough, ran into one of the daughters. You know, about fifteen years later, and mom's broke. Seven hundred thousand dollars gone. Because some people have this mental thought that they don't deserve it or they shouldn't have it, and they make really quick decisions. They feel like anxious. There's there's nothing that you should be investing in that that's going to go away right now. Anybody that's giving you that fire sale kind of a notion that you have to do something right now, don't work with them. When you look at a bucket list, um, I do something kind of similar with a Christmas
1: list every year. Mm-hmm. I come up with a list of 10 people that I love and care about and that I want to get gifts for, and then I cross... Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten off the list. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I only get gifts for the top three people. Yep. And that's my way of keeping in with my budget um, and not get because Chad, you don't care. You just buy bunt cakes for everybody, right? You and me, or the two of us, know each other well, and you don't care. If I get you a gift. You just want me to have a beer with you on occasion and, yeah. and say good job. So we, over, yeah. we basically, I'm saying we over gift.
2: It is. I mean, we're kind of at the point where people feel like they're supposed to do it, and if they don't, there's something wrong with you. I don't. The, I, it could all go away, and I'd be fine with it. And that goes back to the bucket list. I think you should have a bucket list of things you want to do, but I think
1: you should keep the cost down as well, and not mm-hmm. just you know go wild. Seniors gone wild. What do you think? <laughs> you think Joe Francis is quaking in his boots? Let's do that.
2: I'm sure there's already
1: something like that on the internet. There always is. You know the worst thing I ever saw that just told me the decay in society was bum fights?
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty bad.
1: That's pretty bad. There's almost nothing worse than that. There's
2: a whole movie based on that too, like Bum with a Shotgun. No. Yeah. <laughs> Bum with a shotgun or get, something like that. I don't get to the movie theaters that you get to. It wasn't a movie it was like a one of those days where I don't watch that much TV and I was flipping through it and Bum with a Shotgun was on and it was the whole thing started off because of the Filming a bum trying to do something. It's just horrible. That guy should be in jail. Nice. <laughs> it's CFP Chad Bert Burton. That went downhill real quick. It? <laughs>
1: it's okay. CFP Chad Burton talking retirement issues. These are all issues, and I think that was a real segment with real content. Um, you can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. He alluded to some good downloads at that site. So check it out, newfocusfinancial.com. Enjoy your big fat chickens now, because Morgan Spurlock is making a supersize me part d And in Part two, he's going to take on chicken and the whole chicken industry. And if you study chickens or you just see history of chickens, they've gotten huge. And basically, he's taking a shot at Tyson, Purdue, Pilgrims, and Coke Foods. And you should take a look at their stocks because there could be some backlash against them. That's all I'm going to say. And again, I'm not political. Eat chicken if you want to eat chicken. Eat meat if you want to eat meat. Two ways you can save the planet. Stop eating chicken. Stop eating meat. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and your money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220, KDOW. Today is the big day where Apple unreleases or releases their new phone, the iPhone 10. They're also going to jump from the seven and the seven plus. They're going to skip the S generation, go straight to the eight. Uh, the first iPhone was released 10 years ago and it distracted us. It gave us Uber. It made selfies a thing. When we first heard about selfies, we all laughed and when we first heard about Siri. We kind of giggled, uh, when we were starting to learn about apps replacing web pages uh, it made us turn our heads. Uber, Tinder, uh, Photos, Maps, uh, PDA for some digital assistants like Palm Pilots went bu- bye bye uh, All because of it. And it, of course, being the iPhone turning 10 today. Uh, Do not say iPhone X. Say iPhone 10. Uh, that's a cool way of doing it. Speaking of cool ways of doing it, let's bring on our one the only Patrick O'Hare to talk a little Cool things going on in the market. Any nice memories of the iPhone
3: in your life, Mr. O'Hare? Uh, well, sure. I guess the the day that I got one. <laughs> so it uh, certainly has uh, been revolutionary in many ways, and uh, and it's uh, you know, a constant reminder of you know Apple's innovative style, uh, and uh, that it continues to create some must own products.
1: What's interesting to me is the analysts on it, and I can't, I, I scratch my head on this one. This morning, Morgan Stanley, according briefing dot com at eight forty one, you published not you but the company published a, a little note on Morgan Stanley raising their bull case thesis to two hundred fifty three dollars a share on Apple ahead of the iPhone event. Currently, they're calling it an overweight stock with a one eighty two price target. It's currently about one sixty one, but one of the nice things I like about Morgan Stanley is they say, here's the best case scenario, 253, um, but here's our target, 182. What do you think about, you know, you're not speaking for Morgan Stanley, but what do you think about analysts having that wide road to drive through and some of your readers possibly seeing something like that and all they see is 253 and they kind of zero in on that. And
3: Right. Well, thought. you know, I think everyone needs to, Appreciate that you know these things are moving targets, um, and uh, you just don't know what type of demand you're going to get ultimately in the end. That's going to help drive earnings estimates, and if you get greater than expected demand that pushes up earnings estimates, you should get you know a higher price on that on that particular stock. But uh, so you know, I don't have a problem really necessarily with a kind of like that wide ranging estimate um, because um when you consider just how massive the install base is and as well as the the supply chain effect and the halo effect of Apple products <clears throat> um you know it's not an easy task to pinpoint you know a specific earnings estimate for a company uh, that's you know eight hundred billion dollar market cap. So that's understandable. Uh and I think it's you know, I guess it may be even an offshoot of a little bit of the uh you know, the operating income guidance you get out of a company like Amazon, you know, on a quarterly basis, which is certainly, you know, you can drive several Mac trucks through its guidance range, and the market certainly hasn't uh, been too bothered by that, uh, by that factor. So uh, I think it's just a, a state of, uh, of the environment right now.
1: It's interesting because it, when I refer to it, it, I'm not talking about the Stephen King film, I'm talking about the Apple iPhone. It also gave us Tender, which, as a father, I know you <laughs> have a, a daughter, that must scare, frighten the heck out of you because the, the societal stories that we hear of like some of the way technology has disrupted your children's life versus our lives versus our parents who can't use mouse. Um, it's a fun time to live and it's one of the positives on investing. And a lot of times we get caught up on Trump and nuclear bombs and Russia and all the horrible events out there. But technology is a powerful disruptor and it's been a, a good reason to invest in the last 20 years.
3: Well, I mean, there's no doubt about that, you know, and I suppose that uh, we could get into any number of editorials about uh, some of the the downsides of of technology as it relates to a smartphone and and just the ease with which children can access any type of information they want uh, in in many cases without, you know, those filters being applied. Um, And it certainly, you know, becomes a limiting factor socially because you see uh, kids these days that are more inclined to to Text to someone sitting next to them rather than actually turning around and having a conversation with them but uh, I guess that's a whole other topic for another segment perhaps but uh, but it's been a very investable thesis though uh when given the uh the productivity enhancements that's been driven by uh technology and the innovations we see there and uh and we're certainly seeing a lot of companies that have benefited from that uh you know from that technology uh, revolution really. What's interesting is that I
1: can get caught up in talking about this all day long, but I do want to talk about the markets because they're just as exciting today. I believe some markets hit all-time highs around the world yesterday because Hurricane Irma wasn't worse than feared. Um, And I I, I described it this morning as we're slowly moving higher. And some days it feels like one and a half steps forward, step back, but we're slowly having record year after year. You know, record market after market after market on a month-by-month basis. Uh, what do you make of this current slow-boil market that uh, seems to be pushing us higher?
3: Well, you know, you're right. I mean, even just the, looking at a chart of the SP 500, you kind of see that sort of, you know, steady progress, you know, a few little kinks here and there. But ultimately, it's been a, you know, a rising trend here for the market. And, uh, you know, one thing I look at uh, in particular when you take that market performance into account is really just the... Uh, the persistence of low interest rates, which have helped basically provide the uh, the rationale uh, to continue to buy on every dip and to continue to embrace this narrative that there is no other alternative but stocks right now uh, and so with interest rates remaining low and earnings growth you know persisting here it 's a good fundamental backdrop, especially when you throw in the fact that you know the u s economy is is Seems to be uh, gaining a little steam here, um, and so it's a it's a it's a good backdrop, uh, and that's before we even talk about any actual tax reform having you know coming to fruition. So I think the market is is liking that from a foundational aspect, and that's why it continues to inch higher. Uh, but it's mindful that the run that it's had has certainly pushed things um, uh, to a premium as it relates to the market valuation uh, in a historical context, which is why it's really I think integral for the low interest rates to continue here. but if those you know pop up for you know whatever reason, say I think you know 3% really is more like the bogey on the 10-year yield, um, then it might be a little more disruptive for the stock market. But until then I think a lot of people are, are just uh, enjoying the fact that you've got earnings growth, low interest rates, low inflation, uh, strong labor market activity, uh, and an economy that seems to be picking up here before you get any any type of imp, uh, uh, stimulus on the fiscal side of things.
1: So speaking of the fiscal stimulus, uh, you've mentioned it briefly, but Steve Mnuchin this morning talked about backdating tax reform to the beginning of this year. That would be really positive for the economy. On one hand, we'd all be getting big fat paychecks or uh, come April 15th, our own money back. But on the other hand, it's that that Treasury debt ceiling in the United States. I I can't say that I'm worried about it because I no longer care. I'll long be dead before America gets into the problem of paying back our debt. But you're a little bit wiser than me. Any thoughts on our our bigger debt in the future versus the, hey, let's get a tax break now. (laughs) And maybe we'll we'll just stay with the Steve Mnuchin.
3: Great. Right. Well, you know, I mean there there's always a price to pay because, you know, you can sort of uh again rationalize uh driving up the debt these days because you have low interest rates. Uh and but, you know, the fact of the matter is is that if you keep, you know, compounding the debt and you get a you know, much higher interest rates down the road, you know, it's going to limit uh, the money that's available to pay for other essential government services, and it'll eventually become a deterrent for growth, a retardant, on growth. Really, uh, at some point here, and and that's not even factoring in. Uh, I think you and I have talked about this past segments. Really, you know, also the issues of you know pension funding shortfalls in a number of you know right. municipalities around the, around the country. So there are some bigger fish to fry there. But right now, um, you know, the market just continues to look past that type of situation.
1: Twenty trillion dollars in debt and growing, and I just—it's—it's it's odd to me that I'm like, eh, no big deal. Let let my kids, kids deal with it, kind of thing. Um, even though that may not be how it plays out, it's—it could just be a new issue of more debt or lower debt or stranger debt or forgiven debt or write off debt or go to war. Who knows? Um, but let's move back to your world in the world of briefing.com and what you do for a living. You write the article that starts my day um, at uh, briefing.com, but you also work on a bigger piece that's tied towards the bigger picture at the end of the week. Anything that you're working on right now that should be digestible and uh, entertained by your readers right now?
3: Yeah, well, what will be digestible by the end of the week is a uh, updated market view here, uh, which we provide on a quarterly basis. Um, so, that's what I'm working on this week, uh, and probably see a lot of references to much of what we discussed uh, today, um, but it will revolve around the matter of valuation, interest rates, earnings, uh, growth, uh, and uh, and obviously, you know, what happens with, with monetary and fiscal policy. So, those factors will all, you know, come together uh, in one way, shape, form, or another, and uh, it's going to influence the behavior that... Of the capital markets here, as we continue to press ahead and um, and so that will uh, that will be appearing uh, on friday on, uh, on briefing.com. briefing dot com
1: yeah, your last one where you pulled up a chart of the ten year treasury yield it just when I see things like that i remember i 'm like whoa that 's good stuff because I always invest when interest rates are low ten year treasury particularly, but thank you so much it 's patrick o 'Hare. Uh, writer of the big picture, in page one for briefing.com. It's a resource that I use on a daily basis, starting with this page one. You can find out more at briefing.com. It's a great source of international and national investment news. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Do you remember the first time you ever heard Siri and you were in love with a robot? Okay, maybe that didn't happen, but you do probably remember the first time you heard Siri on some way, shape, or form. Um, Just throwing it out there. So big stories out there today. Comcast customers can now watch YouTube on X1 platform. Uh, That's cute. Uh, Comcast is trying to stay relevant. They know a lot of people have a big TV in their living room with a cable connection tied towards it. People have been cutting the cable connection at record numbers. A little bit of a problem. Um, Comcast customers can now watch YouTube and Netflix on cable. You kind of get where that's going. The Golden State Warriors are in the news today. They have added a small patch to their jersey for $60 million. The latest NBA team to announce the addition of an ad patch. It's the Japanese tech holding company Rakuten. They purchased the ad space in front of the Warriors jersey with a three-year, $60 million deal. Holy shnikes. Lawmakers are considering making a mistake. Go figure, right? Storm victims could tap into their 401k to allow them to withdraw money from their retirement accounts to rebuild their homes and lives, without incurring penalties, thus becoming more dependent on lawmakers in the future to bail them out with give-outs in retirement. Hit your piggy bank up today. We'll figure it out later for you. A uh, horrible, horrible idea. Isn't that right, Mr. Barkley?
0: I don't like where this is going.
1: Oh, come on, Mr. Barkley. That's terrible. You- oh, it's terrible, not horrible. That's what terrible. Terrible, I forgot. So, Is there any chance you can give me a word that rhymes with marable? That's terrible. There you go. Thank you. Um, sports lovers coughed up $33 billion for athletic equipment, $19 billion for gym memberships, $56 billion on sporting events. Uh, that worries me. So, that worries me. What costs for a season ticket to a hockey or basketball? Well, come on, well, basketball, you'd end up doing well. You buy tickets to the Golden State Warriors and you resell those puppies, and you go to like three or four games, and you bank tons of money. But... Um, A lot of Americans spend money on things. And the woman who cuts my hair, for instance, she's like, I go to one 49ers game a year. I'm like, you are going to retire very poor. Because once you lose, once you get arthritis in those fingers and can't cut hair, you are in trouble. Uh, Donald Trump refers to Yellen as talented. Talented Yellen is still in the running to remain Fed chair. So says Steve Mnuchin. Um. Job openings increased slightly in July to 6.17 million people. That's in the news today. The iPhone, I want to do a quick wax poetic on it. The first iPhone came out, it was $499 um, on contract $599. $499 and $599. So it was not uh, small. It was, well, it was not light, it was quite heavy. Um, storage had room for 4 gigs and 8 gigs. Um, a couple years later, they came up with a 16-gig version. The rear camera had 2 megapixels camera. It had no front-facing cap, uh, camera. It had no video capture. It had no GPS. It had no near-field communications. Um, its CPU was 412 megahertz, uh, tiny. The RAM was less than a gig. It was 128 megabytes. So... Um, just throwing that out there, things have changed mightily. So when the first iPhone came out in 2007, smartphones have essentially looked like, you know, uh, they now look like glass and metal slabs for years. So it's easy to forget the original phone and what it looked like. 2007 was the year the BlackBerry curve debuted to rave reviews and Nokia had the N95, which had dual sliding, uh, panels, iPhone was nothing like them. It was a touch screen that you can touch. It had a rounded aluminum body, a plastic butt, and very few actual buttons to speak of. I think it was the actual buttons lacking that was kind of the cool thing. So it was a well-built smartphone that jumped ahead quickly of BlackBerry and Nokia to the point that Nokia is not even relevant anymore. Um, but it really wasn't the hardware. It was the software that made the difference. Um, it's early... You know, browser which was tied towards a WebKit, so developers could develop for it. Um, it wasn't perfect. You know, it couldn't connect to most corporate email systems. Um, the servers just they really wouldn't connect, which means business users got burned. And for a couple of years, people stayed with BlackBerry phones because their Apple phone couldn't connect to their their corporate office. And then people started jailbreaking the phones um, because the iPhone couldn't send rich MMS messages either. So sending pictures to friends only ever worked through email or through, like I said, jailbroken phones. And in 2008, we started getting better, the iPhone 3G. Um, nine months after the first iPhone went on sale, Apple released you know, the software development kit for the 3G. And a Silicon Valley venture capital firm announced a $100 million fund to help spur iPhone software development, and suddenly money was being thrown at this left and right. And the 3G ditched the mostly original aluminum chassis in favor of glossy polycarbonate. And the 3G was available in black and white, and both versions could be had for 8 gig or 16 gig, so they started rocking up the storage. Uh, the cost started rocking up as well. Every three years, it's like Apple throws a higher price tag on their phones just because they can, and this cycle is expected the same thing. Um, the iPhone 3GS, the S people thought stood for speed. Um, you know, it didn't feel like performance. That was rocketing, but it was an improvement. In hindsight, not much, but it was. Uh, there was also a, it went from a 2-megapixel camera to a 3-megapixel camera with autofocus that could finally shoot video. And uh, Compass software additions like VoiceOver uh, helped make the iPhone a more suitable device for the visually impaired. So, pretty fascinating stuff to look back 10, 9, 8 years. We forget. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show.
0: Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells.